should not bark. Hey, everyone, and welcome to Chef AJ Live. I'm your host, Chef AJ, and this is where I introduce you to amazing people like you who are doing great things in the world that I think you should know about. This is, I believe, the third Wednesday. It's Monday. I never know what day it is. Isn't that funny? And it's my birthday this week. This is the third Monday of the month, which means it is time for Healing Spices with Dr. Sunil Pai. And today he is doing part three of his series. Please welcome him to the show. Nice to see you again. Nice to see you. Thank you for inviting me. I'm really excited because we're getting into more of my favorite spices as time goes on. And this is part three of a series that's going to go on for the rest of the year. So uh, everybody get ready for learning some more uh, spices. And I hope that everybody has gone back to part one or part two, if you haven't seen those, and start cooking and using some of those spices. Because towards I get towards the end of the series, then I'm going to come up, you know, well, probably after the series finishes talking about certain recipes and then blending the spices, using the spices. Um, but today is just going to be introduction to four more spices. Nice. Okay. So what letter of the alphabet are we at? We are still, we're going from B to C. Oh, wow. There's that many spices. Incredible. Yeah. So we'll have about 60 by the time we're finished. Um, so, you know, as my book is an inflammation nation is kind of where a lot of the discussion comes from, but the specific spices information that I'm talking about, uh, in this, uh, series is coming from Dr. Agarwal's healing spices, which is available also on Amazon or at our, um, our website as well. These are kind of good core, uh, books to have for understanding the spices in detail, how to buy them, how to purchase them, a couple of recipes, a little bit more historical detail, and a lot more detail about the scientific information that I present. Just, I just provide some of the highlights and my books also available as well. Um, so again, the introduction is we want to always talk about keeping uh, to a whole food plant-based diet. However, the most important aspects of the diet is actually adding herbs and spices. I always say that, you know, a lot of times when people transition to whole food plant-based diets, it, especially in, in this country, it's kind of bland, it's kind of boring. And again, not no, no fault of anybody, but we're not really exposed to herbs and spices. And a lot of patients here in the United States, a lot of customers and a lot of clients that I get will say that, oh, I can't have spices because of, they think it's spicy. But once you start listening to to the series, you'll realize that very few or, or a lot of the spices are not spicy. And then we're, we're kind of avoiding uh, the health benefits of making food medicine and also our food taste much better. So today in part three of the Healing Spices series, we're going to talk about some of my favorites, black pepper, caraway, cardamom, which is one of my favorites, and celery seed. So let's start with the king of spices, which is called black pepper. Many of you know that I talk a lot about black pepper. I have a, a whole section in my book, An Inflammation Nation, about black pepper. So if you want to get in a deep dive, even more than what's in the uh, spices book, uh, you can get the uh, my book and talk about black pepper. But black pepper has a wonderful, wonderful benefits. Now, one of the simple uh, things that most people kind of know about black pepper is that it enhances the effectiveness of medicines and supplements. It's kind of known as what they call a bioavailable enhancer. I'll talk a little bit on the next slide, but it also has anti-cancer benefits, lowers inflammation, improves constipation, depression, helps with Alzheimer's. So there's a cognitive neuro uh, benefit here, lowers oxidative stress, meaning it has antioxidant properties. It helps with heart disease and high blood pressure. It actually has been shown to prevent falls. I'll talk about that. Uh, it's been used as an oil and a vapor to actually stop people from smoking and smoking addiction, helps with thyroid problems, and even topically as vitiligo. One of the things about black pepper, which I want to bring about as you look at the photo here, is that in my previous discussions about um, allspice, 
you go back to, I think it was part one, when I talked about allspice, allspice is one of the spices that, you know, Christopher Columbus, again, with all the mayhem that he created, uh, mistook, <laughs> um, he was looking for pepper, and he picked up allspice. And so they, they went all the way, they got, they got allspice thinking it was pepper, and they brought it all the way back, and it was wrong just like many things that was incorrect about history. But again, these are where like spices can be sometimes just grossly when you look at it can be uh, confusing because it's like, oh, it looks like this or kind of smells something similar. Uh, but anyways, that's a little historical fact that originally he was looking for pepper because pepper was known as the king of spices. It was sold uh, and even like in Roman times and certain economies were actually traded as a spice trade. Black pepper was one of what they call the king of spices. Cardamom is actually called the queen of spices. So that's how historically it goes with the use of that. Now, when we say increasing and in, in, in enhancing absorption, it's a bioavailable enhancer, meaning that there's a part of the black pepper that's called piperine. And there's a patented form that we use in our products like Bosmeric, and you'll see a lot of it in the in the in, in dietary supplements because we want to always use the one that's standardized, the one that's patented, so that we can ensure that that piperine content. Piperine is like the curcuminoids of the black pepper, and when they're 95% piperine, particularly the bioprene uh, form, what the studies show when it comes to other spices, for example, like curcumin C3 complex, which is also in our Bosmeric, for example, or any kind of food, for example, it actually increases the absorption up to 2,000%. Now, when we look at other studies with other type of supplements, it's anywhere from 20 to 60% absorption. So when they add it to a CoQ10 formulas or they add it to other you know, inflammatory formulas or gut formulas or, or just vitamins and minerals, we always put that in there because it helps with the absorption. Now, more importantly, that's the whole reason why on every single, I would say almost stereotypically, but on almost every single table and restaurant all around the world, aside of you know, a little bit of salt, there's pepper. You know, usually go to a restaurant, they want to give you some nice, fresh, cracked black pepper. And the reason being is why we put it on the food is because it not only just tastes good, but it also improves the digestive function and absorption of the nutrients. So a lot of people who are like, oh, I don't want to have spices, then we're actually missing some of the extraction properties that the spice can help with the food that's actually on your plate. Now, one of the things that a lot of people also forget, since they always just think that it's enhancing absorption, but they also forget that it's an anti-inflammatory. Uh, the piperine actually lowers what they call NF-kappa-beta and a COX-2. These are just the two major, uh, you know, one of the pro-inflammatory cascades. And again, in my book, uh, An Inflammation Nation, it talks about this in detail. But for many, any kind of inflammatory aspect like arthritis, autoimmune conditions, even cancer, you know, it's been shown to help with prevention and the treatment of breast, colon, and lung cancer. And so these are things that we actually give to our patients. And when we give it like in our product, like Bosmeric and other things, we're actually giving it the clinical dose. A lot of people will microdose in products. Um, but when you use it as a food spice, you can just use it as, you know, normal cooking. You're just enhancing the ability. But what I want to, you know, kind of clarify is there's this big myth that's been perpetuated by companies, supplement companies and naturopaths and some chiropractors on the internet that still for the last 15 years are, are kind of still the old myths on the internet saying that, you know, the black pepper can cause liver problems or it can cause problems with the medications and therefore you need it, you know, you shouldn't be taking it. These were pr propagated by companies that didn't want to buy the bioprene and the patented form, or they just didn't want to use it in their products. So they kind of created this myth, like there might be a problem if you took it and therefore, you know, they just wouldn't put in their product just because they wanted to have a higher margin on their product and sell you a cheaper, ineffective product. But actually, it doesn't cause that kind of harm. And in fact, again, everybody, every day, almost any meal that you look at, whether it's fresh or if you go to a restaurant or if you get a packaged food, you'll always see that pepper is one of the ingredients in almost most products 
in the marketplace because of not only the taste, but also the enhancements. So no one's going to tell everybody to take their pepper off their table. FDA is never going to say, hey, don't don't use this in your in your recipe today. So it's a little bit of a false information, kind of a, a scare tactic that people were always worried about black pepper. Now, it does have a, a assistance in lowering cholesterol and high blood pressure. It does have a high antioxidant effect. So it's really interesting. A lot of spices that I'll be covering through all this uh, series, you'll see antioxidant, antioxidant. And we always think of antioxidants sometimes just like vitamin C, vitamin A, vitamin E. And we're thinking of like greens, for example, or citrus or fruits and berries. Uh, but we tend to forget that spices have just as strong, sometimes even stronger anti-inflammatory effects, even though it's like, you know, like black pepper, it's a hard material. It's not a soft fruit, for example, or, or very bright color, but there's still the color of the black still has in, in important phytonutrients. Now, one of the interesting things is that it also has been shown to improve memory impairment in neurodegeneration in Alzheimer's diseases. So this is the one thing that's plaguing all of the, the world right now is as we're getting older, we're seeing more and more dementia, neurocognitive dysfunctions. And so the idea of what can we take not only daily, but even if, even if I take as a targeted therapy like bosomeric or anything like that to lower inflammation, we're looking at not only just your aches or pains, but improving your cognitive skill and prevention of neurodegeneration inflammation in the brain, which we know causes then these Alzheimer's and dementias. And lastly, which is really interesting, is that there's studies where they take the black pepper oil and if we sniff it in an elderly patient, it actually helps them with their posture and their stability when they walk, okay, which is really, really interesting. And these, are, these studies were done in Japan. And even, for example, with post-stroke patients, you know, one of the side effects, unfortunately, or, or the damages that occur when people have a stroke is that they have difficulty in swallowing. And so, you know, we do swallowing studies and we go to a speech pathology and we have to teach the patient, you know, how to speak and, and, and swallow appropriately so they don't choke and they don't aspirate. But one of the things they show in the studies is that when they sniff the black pepper oil, it actually improves their swallowing condition. And even, even more interesting, uh, there was a study that I saw that's in the book as well, that when children are in the hospital and they have a feeding tube, right? So say they have a, a trauma or a cancer in the head and neck. So we have to put a tube in their stomach to feed them to keep them you know, nutritionally sound. Um, but then they don't eat much because we're not getting satiety. We're not actually you know, incorporating it in the mouth. It's just going into the gut. So it's kind of a weird disconnect. We need the nutrition, but we're not actually hungry sometimes because we don't really have the sensation of chewing and, and, the, and this taste and the smell. So when they give the black pepper oil and they have the child sniff it, they actually eat more from the tube feeding. So that's kind of a fantastic thing that, you know, because a lot of people are going to be pediatrics. They might have a child or someone in the hospital. It's like, what can you do? We're not giving it to them orally. They're just giving a black pepper oil and sniffing that. That can improve the child's intake or uptake of getting more nutrition from their feeding tube. So, you know, black peppers, when we call the king of spices from a historical perspective, but also uh, when they take the black pepper oil and they make it volatile into a vapor, then they even showed studies on like smoking sensation. So they were giving a vape with the black pepper oil and patients would actually uh, have better improvement of stopping smoking than versus taking a gum or other types of uh, therapy. So there's a lot of different benefits of black pepper. And uh, in the book, it goes through some of the more historical aspects, which is, which is great to learn from what like England and then the Romans and everybody in, in, you know, on times before how they were using black pepper in the trade of spices. 
Examples of black pepper, again, aside of just putting it on your food, which we usually do for almost every recipe, but like we like to kind of coat it crispy, you know, a black pepper tofu, tofu pepper steaks, you know, a black pepper cauliflower. A lot of people remember scalloped potatoes and stuff. I mean, there's almost any, any, any recipe you can find black pepper. I just try to pick a couple of ones here that you actually can see some of the pepper on the wonderful plant-based foods. Now, the benefit of black pepper it complements everything and it pairs with everything. So it doesn't, you don't have to have that list. Like well, I'll show another one. So certain things go with some things. Black pepper goes with everything. So the nice thing is that you'll always see a little bit. That's why in the restaurant, again, they always crush a little bit on any time. It's not just on the salad, for example. They'll put it on the pasta. They'll put it in a little bit of the curry. They'll put it on, on the vegetables. It's, it's in the soups. It's always just a little bit. So it pairs with everything and it also complements everything. So it's one thing that if you're not really using pepper and I always recommend getting the whole peppercorns and using a grinder, um, you don't want to really just buy the pepper that's already ground. The book will already cover actually what to be looking for if you bought it already ground because there's problems with the peppercorns that peppercorns can actually have a hollow inside where just that's just how the plant is grown that some of them don't have the actual inside so they just grind the whole thing and that changes the color of the pepper actually true black pepper when you get it as a powder should be actually more of a grayish color believe it or not rather than a pure black color okay if you get just a pure black color then they're actually just grinding a lot more of the peppercorns that are empty in the, in the center and that's how they can kind of adulterate or kind of dilute the uh, potency so just getting the whole peppercorn is always the best because you can just freshly grind it yourself now next i'm going to talk about is caraway we call it the after dinner relief spice now caraway Many people can see it here. It's kind of like long and like has got a couple of sides and they're kind of a little bit of chewiness. It is great for digestive issues, lowers heartburn, bloating, cramping. There's actually a blood sugar uh, reduction uh, benefit of, of um, caraway. It does have some anti-cancer benefits. It has a strong antimicrobial aspect, and that's why we use it a lot in food preparation for ages for prevention of uh, food poisoning. Uh, it does help lower cholesterol. It does improve constipation. And more importantly, what I like to use it for all the time is freshening breath. And I'll talk about that in a second. Now, the health benefits. So let's talk about GI issues first, right? So again, a lot of people have heartburn reflux, you know, you know, belching, bloating, uh, cramping, constipation. It's because we're not eating spices. And if you go back to the first two uh, parts of the series, part one, part two, You'll find that a lot of the spices already, we're just starting on C, but the A's and B's uh, of, the, of the spices, you know, most of them had some kind of GI benefit at lowering, you know, stomach issues, ulcers, belching and bloating. So this is why when we start adding these to foods, a lot of people are worried that they eat spices and they're going to get bur burping or belching or, or bloating. And in fact, it actually does the opposite. So that's what we're trying to incorporate. The coverone, which is the, the component in the caraway, actually helps relax the spasms of the GI tract. It has limonene, which is quite interesting. You know, limonene is a um, is a compound that we see, like for example, in 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 uh, CBD. And we're looking at the terpene compounds. Uh, terpenes, limonene is highly found in uh, caraway, and yet it doesn't have that like lemony flavor or the lemony smell, which is quite interesting. So it's not always going to be exactly you know from the same product having the same compound. Um, it helps the prevention of breast, colon, lung, and liver cancers. Uh, helps lower cholesterol triglycerides, both in normal and in diabetic patients, and it lowers glucose, you know, in type two diabetics. And this is why most uh, countries, they kind of use it also like as after dinner foods or after dinner 
dinner snacks or just you know chewing on them as well. For food poisoning, interesting thing, the same ingredient that relaxes the gut, the covrone, um, component prevents E. coli from multiplying. And so they use it now, again, we're, we're plant-based, but why historically it's used in meat dishes is for this reason. You'll see a lot of spices have antimicrobial benefits. And that's why they actually, sometimes when you read in the book, they'll say they used to store the meat and then put spices on top of it. You know, they used to put pepper and they used to put all these other spices, as I mentioned before, in caraway, it prevents E. coli from remember, remember, a lot of people don't remember, you know, a lot of people think that refrigeration has been around forever. It's like, you know, it's only 100 years old that we've had a refrigerator and only 200 years since we discovered the invention of the mechanics of the refrigerator. But for thousands of years, people have been eating foods without refrigeration. So we were using the spices as the antimicrobial benefits for preventing illness. And that's why when we started even looking historically at countries, particularly during wartime, and people who were getting sick during wartime, we would also see that historically that people who were eating the foods that had more spices didn't get sick as often, right? So there's a little bit of like why we started using these foods was for, for uh, preservation and preparation of prevention of getting some kind of you know foodborne illness. Because again, at that time, uh, they didn't have uh, refrigeration. My 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 use of caraway, which I like, is um, for freshening breath. It's one of the simple things. You know, as I mentioned in one of the earlier. Uh, part one series is called Mukwas. And, and if you go to an Indian restaurant or Middle Eastern restaurant, you'll see like when you leave the restaurant, there's a little bowl and it has all these little seeds. Sometimes they're colored. Sometimes that might have a little sugar, no big deal for me, but just a, they're like little seeds and they have aniseed, which I talked about before, fennel, which I'll talk about in the future, coriander, which I'll come up talking about the next, uh, the next series. Um, and the caraway has like this anise-like, you know, this licorice type of uh, flavor. So they put them all together, you know, usually a bowl and they usually, you know, they usually spoon like a, you know, a teaspoon or half a teaspoon and you just chew it at the end of the meal. It, it's been shown to help with not only just, you know, freshening the breath, but it, you know, most of the, well, the reason why we take this is because it has these GI effects. So after a very, say maybe heavy meal or even spicy meal, or just we're eating a lot of food, it's one thing that can also use uh, that will not raise your blood sugar. In fact, they'll lower your blood sugar rather than an after dinner mint or some kind of candy that they would give you in a conventional restaurant in, in Asian restaurants and in Indian restaurants, we kind of use these things. So those are things that you can get on the internet or you can make your own. Uh, but it's something that, you know, it's some, I, I usually have it here in my, on my house. I have it in my office and I always kind of introduce my patients like, Hey, why don't you try to chew on a couple of these? Then you're getting a little bit of blood sugar, a little bit of cholesterol, a little bit of GI support. These are wonderful things that people can use that are very, very inexpensive. Now, examples, you know, Jewish rye bread, you know, people put caraway seeds in their sauerkraut and boiled cabbage. In fact, you know, in the, in the previous two parts of the series, you'll see that almost, you know, out of every four that I do, at least one or two, believe it or not, are made into alcohols because all of these, like caraway, since it has that kind of anise seed, it has that licorice type of taste, uh, they actually make alcohols in, in a variety of countries. So they make uh, kumel in German and they make the aquavit in Scandinavia, um, you know, Hungarian goulash, the borscht. Uh, harissa. These are kind of certain recipes that I, I like to look at, again, plant-based, but that we're using examples of caraway seeds. Now, caraway complements and pairs with, well, pairs with allspice, which I talked about before, cardamom, which I'll talk about next, chili, which I'll talk about in the next coming series, and cinnamon and coriander, which is coming up, fennel seed, juniper berry, and onions, all coming soon uh, in the following series. And it complements with apples, carriage, cabbage, uh, cheese. Now, obviously, we're vegan, so you can get plant-based cheeses, pears, 
Um, even plant-based meats like porks and sausages, you know, a lot of times when we go to looking at um, Asian restaurants that use already mock meats, historically, they actually use it as well. So it's not just that we're adding it now because we're plant-based, um, they were using it historically. And also people who do fermenting and using like sauerkraut. So one of the nice ingredients that is, is used as well. So caraway, caraway seeds is one thing that I, I recommend people to have on hand. Cardamom. One of my favorite aspects is cardamom. Now, it, it is fantastic. It is kind of considered the, the, the queen of, of uh, spices. Uh, they talk about the stomach sentinel, but it's known king was the uh, black pepper and cardamom was the uh, queen. Now, cardamom has a lot of benefits, asthma. And if you remember from the previous series, ajuan seed, aniseed, black cumin seed, and now cardamom all have an asthma benefit in the clinical studies. And so what is the nice thing is to do is when people have asthma, if we start incorporating those spices more into their diet, then there's less use of their asthmatic inhalers, such as their albuterol and their, and their, and their, and their um, anti-allergy asthma medicines. So these are ways that people can start using it. Again, freshens breath. It helps with colic in babies. And it has a strong uh, data on colon cancer, diarrhea, constipation, lowering the inflammation in the GI tract, uh, heart health, high blood pressure, indigestion. Again, we're talking about you know, gut issues, sinusitis, stomach aches, and also prevention of ulcers. Now, uh, I do have to make a correction. Yes, um, I mentioned I think saffron was the most expensive and cardamom used to be, but you're right, uh, Chef uh, AJ, it's not the second most. Um, uh, fennel pollen is the second most. And then the third was vanilla bean being the most expi expensive spices. Cardamom is the like the ninth spice now. And the ones in between are just also uh, a variety like black seed, long pepper, uh, kefir, lime leaves, and grains of paradise and uh, other types of spices are a little bit more expensive. But anyways, you know, these spices still can get more expensive when you get it more organic or depending on where it's grown and, and you know, like the, from a smaller farm and all. But you want to make sure that, you know, we're, we like to get the green cardamom pods and you want to buy it fully in the pod form itself because a lot of times when we cook with it, we just throw the whole pot in it. When we want to get more of the spice, we crack open that green shell and we use a mortar and pesty and we just kind of, you know, grind it to a fine powder. It is very powerful. So you don't need much. Uh, but a lot of times when people think of like a chai or a rice that they put it in, they just throw the full cardamom pod. The flavor will come through that. But if you want a little bit extra kick or a little bit stronger uh, flavoring, like when we use it in desserts or other kind of uh, foods, then we actually will just open two or three pods. We just grind it and then we put that powder into the food. Now, benefits of cardamom are the following. Again, digestive relief. Okay, so it has this antispasmatic uh, benefits. It acts like a cholinergic and a calcium antagonist drug. So these are things that help with relaxation of your gut. So as you see, a lot of spices actually help to relax the GI tract. It actually helps stop ulcers that are induced by aspirin. And how many people take aspirin every day for their heart or heart risk, uh, unfortunately, and also drink alcohol. So you can see, you know, a lot of times when people think of cardamom, for those people who like coffee, uh, or you think of like Turkish coffee, you know, that's where they actually grind the cardamom, like heavily ground in the coffee grind. And they actually, it's kind of like, I consider it like a mud coffee. It's, it's, they don't use a filter. It's just poured with the filters and the grind and everything in those little cups. And it's like motor oil, but you drink it. And as strong as it is, you don't get the heartburn or the reflux. Because one of the benefits of cardamom is it also makes the coffee alkaline. 
So that's a great thing. So that's why when we put it, like I put cardamom in my coffee every day, it has a great flavor, has a great aroma in the, in the kitchen. So if you're someone who likes to make things and blend things, you know, and, and grind it, you can just take the cardamom palms just directly and put it in your, in your, in your a coffee grinder, and just grind it like that, run it through the filter, not a problem. Uh, that's something that you can do that will make you enjoy. Since it also has a Swedish taste to it, that's another way that we can get with, with cardamom and cinnamon, for example, and even some of the, what we call the, um, pumpkin spices, cinnamon, nutmeg, you know, cloves and allspice. These are ways that if I add that to someone's coffee or I tell them to, to add those to the coffee, that's a way that they can cut down on adding sugar or sweetener in their beverages, right? By adding the spices because it has that sweetness flavor, but not increasing their blood glucose. So it has a very strong anti-inflammatory effects, helps reduce cancer growth and colon cancer, breast cancer, especially in triple negative breast cancer, which is the most difficult one to, to treat right now. So that's all that just came out uh, last year in, in, in some of the cell culture studies looking for triple negative treatments. Uh, it also has been shown to help with skin and hair, both not only internally, but also when they're using it as a topical. Um, as I mentioned before, it's great for asthma support. So the component cineol, which is in the cardamom, uh, has been shown to reduce asthma use of steroids, 36% versus 7% within two months. So when people were using cardamom regularly in the asthmatic patient, look at that amount of reduction, 36% reduction of the use of steroids because of the anti-inflammatory effects. So again, cardamom, aniseed, ajuan, and black cumin seed. All of those, if you have if you have asthma, those are things that you should be incorporating regularly into your diet. And then you'll be able to see over time uh, a little bit improvement of your asthma symptoms and hopefully less use of steroids. Um, it has a study, which is great, interesting to look at, that it, they used it for sinus support. So for acute sinus infections, they actually ground it and put it into pills. So I'm not telling people to go buy a supplement for this, but you know they grind it, put it in the pills, 100 milligrams three times a day for four days, reduce headaches, decrease sinus pain, uh, uh, nasal secretions and, and an obstruction. So that, again, great. Like people are like, well, what do I need to do when I'm, you know, I'm sick? This is something that you can take that will help with alleviation of some of the symptoms. Uh, there's other herbs that we talked about before that had antimicrobial benefits, but this is something that will have some anti, you know, symptomatic anti-inflammatory uh, benefits. So instead of just taking some kind of a uh, over-the-counter decongestant, for example, or, you know, or uh, non-steroidal anti-inflammatory, these are ideas that people, if they have it already in the house, they can just grind it. You know, you don't have to put it in a capsule. You just grind a couple of pods and just take that or drink it as a tea or make it into your food. Also lowers blood pressure and lowers blood clotting risk due to the high antioxidant capacity of cardamom. And again, it freshens the breath. The cineol, as I mentioned before, it actually has an antiseptic quality that kills the bacteria that causes bad breath and periodontal disease. And also importantly, the biofilms in the mouth. So when a lot of people go to the dentist now and they have gingival disease and they're always talking about biofilms and they're getting these really, really strong kind of um, antiseptic mouthwashes. It's like, well, that also kills a lot of the good bacteria. Here they can use cardamom, right? So again, just drinking it, putting it in something like that um, actually will help with uh, prevention of that bacteria growth and freshen your breath even more. Now, examples are, are, are always my favorite because it's a sweet spice. So, you know, chai, as everybody knows, or Turkish coffee, which I love. 
Uh, desserts is probably where most people notice cardamom because it's, a, it's, it's very sweet and it complements a lot of the other spices like ginger and cinnamon. So we think of like pumpkin pie or mango lassi, uh, or when we look at uh, crumbles and crisps and, and stuff like that, or even soups, especially the, the sweet potatoes and those kind of hearty soups. And, and simply just making, you know, yellow rice, making a basamati rice or any kind of rice, you throw a couple of pods in the rice cooker with it, and it just has this great aroma. And so those are simple things that if you don't really know how to cook, but it's like, I want to impress people and I want my food to have a little bit more flavor and aroma and more importantly, smell. Remember, we, we taste through our nose as well, right? So when we smell, food tastes better. And so that's why we want to encourage, you know, the aroma of the food, because that's when you first bring it to your plate to your face, that's what already starts your digestive function going. So when we have great aroma of smooth food smells better then the food will also taste better in general. Now, cardamom pairs with allspice, cardamom, okay, sorry, put it the same thing because it goes with the cell, uh, chili, cinnamon, cloves, coriander, cumin, fennel seed, ginger, mustard, star anise, and turmeric. Again, anyone that I haven't talked about yet will be coming in the future. And it pairs and it complements now with uh, plant-based meats, although, you know, chicken's kind of the most common you know, of the, of the animal protein. So I use like, if you're doing a mock chicken, I would use that citrus fruits. Fantastic. Particularly when we also get to tropical fruits, like mangoes, mangoes and cardamom go fantastic. So that's why when people think of a, a mango lussy and you can make that completely plant-based, right? You can use like coconut or any other kind of milk uh, substitutes. So you're not using any kind of dairy, uh, but again, using it with rice and puddings. And when we mix it with nuts or ice creams or custards, it creates that great just flavor on top. And you don't really need that much. So the nice thing is that cardamom has a great taste and smell and very little is needed. So it's not like you have to buy tons and tons of it. In fact, I just buy small, small little, you know, um, single origin green cardamom from uh, certain farms that are, I want to support uh, for helping small cottage industries. And lastly, we're going to talk about is celery seed. Celery seed is what they consider the first aid for gout. Now, Celery seed, again, some of these seeds look very similar. Like it kind of looks a little bit like a caraway, but just a little bit shorter and rounder. Great for arthritis, great for osteo and rheumatoid arthritis. So all the inflammatory aspects, lowers cholesterol. We'll talk about gout more specifically because that's what it's really famous for. Lowers blood pressure, helps liver from toxic issues, helps with menstrual cramps, pain, and inflammation. Also mosquito bites, which is quite interesting. There was another one uh, spice, if you go back, that was also uh, important for the oils that you can even burn also that would uh, lower the, the mosquitoes from biting you. Stroke benefits, ulcers, and yeast infections as well. Now, celery seed, very interesting that kind of the biggest thing that most people think about celery seeds is since it reduces inflammation, again, COX-1, COX-2 enzymes. These are the, again, pathways that when people take a, a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory or more importantly, uh, a natural therapy like bosmeric, it will help lower inflammation. And when people have gout, they take a drug called allopurinol, which is supposed to slow down the production of the purines that are, are producing the gout. Gout is a, a problem when people eat high animal protein diets. Uh, also drink a lot of alcohol. Uh, the, these create purines in the body. And then the purines actually then cause these like little vascular problems in our small, you know, in our joints, particularly in the feet and the hands. Uh, but we usually see it in the big toe, for example, and that's what they call gouty toe. If you look at any kind of um, 
famous uh if you go back to the 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 british and you look at kings and queens but particularly the kings they used to have they always have gouty toes and they'd have a big glass of ale because they're the king they can drink as much as they want eat as much meat as they want at that time but that would cause them to have this gouty toe and a lot of uh, uh paintings you'll always see that their feet are up and actually you'll see a red swollen toe interesting enough that's gout and so just by eating the celery seed not just the celery stick, as everybody kind of just moved in transition, but talking about celery seed spice is a great uh, natural replacement for allopurinol. So I always challenge everybody, hey, if you're taking allopurinol, continue taking it and then start adding celery seed. Just add it to your, your, your foods and stuff like that. And then see over time, can you, with your doctor uh, or under guidance, you know, decrease your dosing and eventually get off and not have any kind of flare. Most patients of ours are able to do that very successfully and they enjoy it because uh, that's one thing that you can just add in their spice cabinet and not having to go to the pharmacy to pick up. Menstrual pain um, through the anti-inflammatory effects substantially reduces both the intensity and the duration of menstrual cramps. So for women who have those issues, instead of taking a, a you know, an ibuprofen or, or, or an aproxen that has a black box warning, you know, you can take some celery seed prior. I would do it even the day before, start loading up with the diet, maybe a day or two before, and throughout that, that will lower the intensity. You can also take a bosomeric as well, which has the curcumin, the boswellia, the ginger, and the black pepper. So these are things that you can take rather than taking certain drugs over the counter that can have uh, severe side effects like kidney, liver, or heart issues. Now, it does lower, again, almost every spice that I'm covering lowers cholesterol, lowers LDL and triglycerides, helps lower blood pressure, protects, uh, protects against stroke. So again, moving towards a plant-based diet is not just you know, eating you know, anti or, or no cholesterol foods, which is great, by the way, right? It's anti-inflammatory. But for those people, some people will have percentage-wise, it's smaller, but we still see that percentage of people who their body just produces excess cholesterol, or they're called super uh, producers, their body produces too much, or they're super absorbers where they actually absorb too much of the of fats of any kind. And they can still have, you know, a vegan can still have elevated lipids. And this is where when we add then spices, which is fantastic, it just helps naturally lower that. So instead of them even taking a statin of some kind or a supplement to reduce it, just again, eating the spices can help lower the risk of that. It did show, the celery seed did show protection against damage from toxic chemicals. And what we see now, particularly in India and some of these other countries where we have, a, even in America, by the way, we have tons and tons of chemicals coming in our water and our food supply and stuff like that. So things that can actually have a protective effect that you're eating all the time, just from your food, you're actually kind of preventing yourself from getting exposure risks that we all unfortunately may or may not understand or have knowledge that we are getting exposure. So it protects against liver cancer as well. Um, has antimicrobial uh, aspects, can stop the growth of several strains of fungus, including those that cause vaginal yeast infections. So that's something, again, if women are having yeast infections, increase the celery seed in their diet. Also, those people who have H. pylori, which is the bacteria that causes stomach ulcers, and then they want to give the triple antibiotic therapy for 14 days or seven days. This is something that you can say, like, let me just take a higher dose or amount of celery seed at that time and have me retest and see if my H. pylori antibodies or my test turns back negative. And most times people can do that. They're able to avoid taking the antibiotics, which may also cause some dysfunction later on to their microbiome and otherwise. Finally, a really cool aspect of celery seed, which is something that I learned uh, through reading the book, 
um, healing spices was that it lowers some of the drug side effects, particularly for an epilepsy patient. So patients that have seizures, there's a drug called sodium valproate, which is common, like almost everybody who has seizures takes this, but it causes in men damage to their reproductive system. And it actually lowers testosterone. This is why a lot of young men who have seizures don't really want to take their drugs. It's like, Hey, I want to have children when I get older or, or I'm you know, married now. I want to have uh, a children now with my, with my spouse. Then this is an issue. And interesting thing is celery seed has been shown to block that side effect. So they could take a drug to prevent them from having a seizure, but also we're lowering the side effect of them having any kind of uh, reproductive damage. So this is kind of really cool ways of looking at making food medicine. Examples of celery seed. Now, most people will kind of think of Bloody Mary. I had to put that in there shamelessly, but it's really the celery seeds, which they actually used to put in traditional. That's how you know if someone's making a good Bloody Mary mix is actually putting in actually celery seeds, not just the visible celery stalk. Okay. But when we think of like salads, it's kind of the most common thing that people put in, in like a, a you can put in a vegan egg salad or a coleslaw or macaroni, potato salad, soups, and even ketchup. You can actually put it and blend it in there. These are ways to kind of sneak it in. Uh, but usually it's a kind of a salad thing that I use it for. So that's why I put these things because now that spring has sprung today, then these are things that will be coming soon uh, on our tables and we're going to be going outside and enjoying the weather pretty soon. So celery seed, definitely add that to your diet. Now it pairs with the following black pepper, allspice, caraway, cinnamon, chili, coriander, cumin, fennel, ginger, sage, and turmeric. And it complements with tomatoes. That's why you can put it in uh, uh, ketchup, which is a great way to kind of add it into. If you make homemade ketchup, it's a great way to put it in there. Uh, chutneys, uh, again, all the kind of meats it complements very well with. And you can do it with also vegan. That's what I use to here. So like when we make a, an egg salad, for example, you know, made out of tofu, for example, uh, I put that in there as well. You know, if you're using any kind of mock fish or mock chicken, you know, uh, made out of tofu as well, or any of the other uh, uh, seitan or, or, or wheat supplements, Well, those dishes that you're pairing with the other spices over here on the left-hand side. So this ends my third uh, part of the healing spices. And so I hope that you will today take some of this information and start um, incorporating those into your diet. And also next week, we're going to start off with some other of my favorites, which will be chili, cinnamon, cacao, and coconut. So hopefully just stay tuned. And uh, I look forward to seeing everybody uh, next time, part four. Okay. You know, Dr. Pai, I'm allergic to black pepper. Yes. And some people can. So believe it or not, when we see our patients, all of our patients, by the way, and everybody knows by now, you know, I'm the food guy, I look at inflammatory aspects of foods, even in the plant-based diet, because we want to be fair, not to say that everybody needs to be plant-based. Yes, they need to be plant-based. However, everybody has their intolerance of something. They can have a sensitivity to anything. They can have a sensitivity to blueberries and avocados or wheat, corn, soy, or even black pepper. And so we do test that. So there, that is an issue. Now, it all depends on whether it's an immediate reaction, an IgE, or a delayed an IgG4 and how often or how strong it is. Now, when people sometimes take supplements, when they come to my office, and yes, even in my Bosmeric, I have bioprene, right? And some of my patients will test positive for black pepper. So we avoid the black pepper for about a month. 
And then what we do is we actually incorporate it back into the diet, even if it's an IgE, as long as it's not an anaphylactic reaction, we can actually retrain the body to eat it. So what we do is we eat it every four days for about, a, about two months. So we can say, have a little bit of black pepper, just normally on your meal, not too much. Or if you were to take a bosmeric, for example, which I have patients on all the time, I say, take that every four days for two months. And that's a way to retrain your body to become more tolerant to those foods. Yeah. Maybe because I've been allergic to it my whole life. I never liked it, you know? Sure. And some people, you know, some people have the, the benefit, I would say benefit of like some foods, like I never liked that when I was a kid, my parents made me eat it, you know, like I didn't like, you know, broccoli and they come back positive for broccoli or something, some vegetable. And we thought that we're just being tortured, like their body didn't like it. But other times it could be anything that you don't even know. And it might even be foods that you really crave and like that again, taste wise, we like it, but from an immune perspective, the body's still causing inflammation. Interesting. So I have a couple of questions that were sent in in advance and you did already talk about bosmeric, right? Because that's Right. Perfect. Because sometimes- well, bosmeric is a, is, is a supplement. It's not a spice, but what it does, it has a curcumin. It has boswellia, which is not a spice. It's an herb, uh, you know, a plant, uh, plant medicine. Um, it does have ginger, which we'll cover later, and a black pepper that we have today. But was there a question about it? Yes. Actually, Deb wrote in and said, when taking bosmeric, SR, is it best to take daily for prevention of inflammation or only when you feel inflamed? And is it okay to take daily? Absolutely. I recommend it daily. The reason being is because everything is all about lowering your inflammatory response. And so taking it daily, even one or two a day is fantastic. When people have problems like arthritis or, you know, joint or back pain or something two twice a day. And when people actually have chronic conditions like Crohn's disease or rheumatoid arthritis, or even cancer, we give it two, three times a day. It's an eight hour sustained release. So we're trying to give a 24 hour benefit. That's why we do a higher dose. Now, those people who'd say, hey, I'm eating a you know, plant-based diet. I really don't have any issues. But we know that inflammation is a triggering mechanism to make every disease worse. So how do we even lower prevention of aging and is lowering the inflammatory response? Now, if people just take it just as needed, they can still do that as a replacement for any kind of non-steroidal anti-inflammatory like ibuprofen, Motrin, Advil, Aleve, Midol, all those things. So you can always just use it. I have a headache. I got back pain. I can take that within 20 minutes bam, your inflammation is going down and it lasts eight hour sustained release. However, I like to take to tell people at least taking it once a day, even if you're plant-based, don't have any extra pains, eight hours of reduction, or at least, you know, 16 hours of reduction is a huge amount of prevention for other things down the pike. So there's hundreds of mechanisms of inflammation. There's about 101, 102 so far that we've seen in the research that bosmeric will help lower effectively. So you can increase it or decrease it as you need, but I'm all for prevention because then you need less. And especially when people think or they're doing something that they know that they're going to have some kind of inflammatory response. So say you're going to do a a hike or a bike, or you're going to do some kind of, you know, I I got a trainer and I'm working out, I'm a little bit more sore, which instead of waiting till afterwards, where then your inflammation is higher, you want to preempt the inflammatory response. So before a game or before a workout, if you take that with a little food, then you'll notice that you recover better faster. And that's the whole idea of going to a plant-based diet and using these all these spices that are anti-inflammatory, almost all of them I've talked about so far in the pre-series, almost all of them have an anti-inflammatory benefit. That lowers inflammation going forward. The problem is we're just getting more and more a pro-inflammatory lifestyle, right? Stress, environment, illnesses, COVID, heart disease, diabetes, cancer, you know, all these things like that, even environmental toxins and, and microbiome dysfunctions cause inflammation. So the goal is to reduce inflammation as much as we can through food or supplementation. Great. Thank you. Okay. So here is a question that was sent in by Terry and she asks, 
I love learning about the healing properties of spices and I want to try them, but I'm having a hard time finding a company to order them from. Does Dr. Pai have any recommendations of where to buy non-irradiated spices like ajawain, amchur, and asafoetida? So those are going to be a little bit more of the trickier ones because they're the less common ones. Right. So I think there's like a Starwood Naturals. There's, you know, people go to the store and they get Frontier, you know, uh, brand and all. And they will say on that, like, for example, at least on the cinnamons and some of these, I'll say like non irradiated, non EMO. There's also like ethylene. There's like a gas that they also put in that they don't want to, you want to have. Like, there's all these things that people don't realize that the, the preparation of putting spices together on a shelf there's process that we kind of don't want to treat it with. And so you will see that um, you have to just Google that and find uh, some of those because some of those things that are more Asian is harder to get here, like at the general store, and you may not get all the perfect qualities of it. However, I'll tell you this, that since we're not eating pounds of it or lots of it, I, I would still recommend someone still taking the spice even if it doesn't hit all the characters and qualities that I would prefer, like, you know, as we always wanted to kind of go like for the gold standard, like, can I get it cleaner? Can I get it less this, less or, you know, non-irradiated? Can I make sure it's, it's, it doesn't have any kind of adulteration or it doesn't have any of these other chemicals or sprays that they may put in it? It still will have the health benefits. So I'd, I'd rather have people have actually take the spice than not the spice, but then moving it up one other level is then if you can find the spice that's cleaner, then your, your medicine is even better. Nice. Great question, I, by the way. Yeah, local spicery, which is near me and also does mail order and has wonderful spices, including many SOS free blends. His all of Nick's spices, he has his own show tomorrow, are non irradiated. But the yeah. ones that you mentioned, I'm not sure those are ones he carries. Yeah, because you know those are those are harder to find. You know, like so again, cinnamon. Like you can easily because so many people will buy cinnamon. So they'll there's a, there's a uh, an industry they'll now say, okay, let's make it this way. Let's not, you know, do all the normal things that can contaminate or, or kind of harm it in a certain way or lessen the effect effectiveness. But some of the things that it's like so rare that, you know, only Asians are getting it, then it, sometimes it's harder to find, but I wouldn't, I would not not eat it or use it because remember it's, it's a pantry full, you know, it's this orchestra and symphony of phytochemicals and nutrients that you're taking. So if one of them is not organic perfectly or not this fine, but I still always recommend always buying smaller, amounts of spices more fresh and then and then throwing them out like six months in a year or something like that. if you're not using it if something's been there since you've been married or you went to college or your pet your mom or grandmother passed out you got to throw that out like that's just not going to have the medicinal qualities it might have the taste but it's not having the you know all these studies which i'm showing you it's about the phytonutrients and chemicals and freshness and the potency is key and keeping that herbs fresh is not keeping it forever yeah, that's true. And also because there's certain spices that you don't use a lot of, so it makes sense to buy them in smaller quantities. Yeah. And I even see like, I go, people go to the big box store and they get like cinnamon, like in a big old tub. I'm like, that's already gone <laughs> by the time you, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like buy some things that are smaller and, and more frequent, uh, just like you're buying produce. Like you want to kind of get it fresher. You want to get it kind of smaller. So that you're not buying a whole bunch that goes off. Um, try to store it in glass if you can, you know, get the little glass jars uh, later on. You know, you can always buy like sometimes things in bulk from the store because it's cheaper sometimes. And then I transfer it to a jar. You know, that's a way that you can kind of preserve that, the freshness going forward. 
Yeah. So it, it doesn't harm you if you use expired spices. It's just they don't have the potency that you're looking for. They don't for. have the potency. So there's no harm in it at all. The problem is like, you know, when people take cinnamon, because that was like the most generic thing that, you know, many years ago, cinnamon for blood sugar and cholesterol. So everybody's like, oh, I'm adding cinnamon to my oatmeal. And they buy that stuff that never really would lower their blood sugar or cinnamon uh, or, or cholesterol because it wasn't the potency. The potency is already gone. That's just more of like you're putting it for the smell of the the coffee or the or cinnamon roll or whatever the baking, but it wasn't like we're trying to use that as medicine. So I always like, again, buying the smaller is best. Now, some of the health food stores do sell some of the, the, the spices in you know plastic bags because that's how they sell it. So I just take that and then I transfer it into glass because I'm going to keep it for months. Makes sense. Okay. So Joyce, who's watching live. And by the way, Terry, come back tomorrow. The show is at nine o'clock and we can ask Nick because we know all his spices are non-irradiated, if he can get those three for you. Joyce says, can we trust the whole peppercorns that come in plastic grinders from Trader Joe's? It doesn't say organic. Are there any dangers of pesticide or herbicide use with any particular spices? Great question, Joyce. That's a great question because anything like peppercorns is usually heavily sprayed as well. So I, I as long if it says organic, then I would trust it. Uh, because they would have certification, especially in a big retailer like TJ's, that they would have uh, some third party um, evaluating that. Um, but if it doesn't, then it's all, you know, the challenge with spices is just with, like with foods. And I have a whole section in my book for those people who want to look at food industry, because there's a whole adulteration of everything in life right now. It's all about, you know, what can they make higher margin by giving you less? And so I do like the whole corns better than the than already grind. Always get the whole peppercorns uh, that. But if it's not, then if you can go to the store. Now, what I do, I just go again, I just go buy the, the empty grinder and then I buy the organic and I just fill it. You know, everybody wants to buy a pre-buy because it's like easy. It's I can buy it there. It's, I don't have to get two things, but it's worth buying the organic peppercorns by itself. Um, in the book, I don't have the detail right now off the top of my head, but there is for some of the spices like pepper and other things that there is different um, grades of quality that uh, there's different spice associations, American Spice Trade Association of America. And then there's one in like Europe and Asia. And then they actually have on the original document. Now we may not get it here in the store, but it talks about like the potency, the purity, you know, all these kind of grades. So there's different grades of spices. In fact, that we don't really know because we just get pepper. And there's going to be a grade of that. Now, I don't want people to get like, I can't find it, so I'm not going to eat it. I don't want, that's the challenge. I don't want people to get, so they get so stuck that they don't find it and they don't use the spice. However, like sometimes when it's too cheap, it's too good to be true. Then it's, or if it's bought at a big box, you know, sometimes people are buying spices at like Bed Bath & Beyond, for example, you know, because they have like coffee, you know, I'm like, that's not a place for spice because that's been there for a long time. Or it's just, you know, it's like whatever the lowest grade possible, even though it comes in a nice grinder. People are like, oh, it's so easy at the kitchen stores. It's so, so easy, but that's not a, it's not a high turnover item. So then I always want to look at like, I'd, I'd prefer to go to a grocery market or a spice shop because there would be a higher turnover. That means that there's going to be less sitting there on the shelf. Great. Thank you. You know, somebody told me you can take the seeds of a papaya and turn them into a black pepper like substitute. Have you ever heard that? I have not heard of that, but I know that they take the papaya seeds and make something. So it might be something like that. That's pretty cool. Okay. A lot of times, believe it or not, for foods, like especially like in India, we use seeds in a lot of things. We use seeds and rinds for things that you have no idea. So even like watermelon, we make a curry out of the, the white part of the rind. 
and it has nutritional benefits. And we usually, you know, a lot of people will take certain seeds of certain vegetables and we dry them just like a pumpkin seed, for example, or a squash, you know, the, the seeds of the squash, and we can make them into other types of foods as well. So a lot of times in most cultures, we would take, you know, the whole plant and then use something of all the parts of that plant. Now it's like we, since we go to the store, we only see the seed or we only see the flower or we only see the, the, the fleshy part or the fruit part. We don't see the leaf part, but there's a whole part of this plant that in most countries, since they get them more whole foods, uh, they are able to actually utilize them in many ways. Nice. Uh, Sherry, who's watching live, has a question. She said, are you familiar with semi-contra epaote, a.k.a. the tea of life? No. Okay. Sorry. All right. Do you, where, do you recommend keeping spices just at room temperature in the pantry? Or I do. Where you live, perhaps? Yeah, I just keep them in the pantry. Um, some things like, you know, seeds and stuff, definitely you keep in the, in the refrigerator, right? Because they turn rancid. Like so if you have sunflower seeds and pumpkin seeds and those kind of things and chia seeds, flax, I put them in the refrigerator because people don't use them as fast and they will turn, they will turn off. But all my spices is just in the, in the, in a cupboard. I would always tell people buy a spice rack. You know, the nice way to do it is like they have these li nice little things you can get on the stores that, you know, super inexpensive, but they're kind of like trays and you can just line all your bottles on the left, right and front instead of just having or, or lazy Susan or something. But cause then like when you, and then it takes a little bit of time, but you know, kind of try to put it in alphabetical order. All these things take time. But then what you want to do is when you see all these cooking shows and someone opens up their pantry and you go, wow, that looks beautiful. Then, then it's easy to do this rather than like, I don't know where it's at and you get stressed and it's somewhere in the back of the shelf. And I want to make the cooking easy. And so also prepping and storage and display is important because that's how like restaurants will do it. Like they just grab it off the shelf and I'm a little bit more particular. So I try to put it in an alphabetical order. So my brain knows like where to find it. Um, but that's something simple things that people do. You find like you'll use it more often rather than just putting it in, in, you know, behind each other in the pantry. Cause then you'll never find it and you'll never use it. Got it. Maybe you could do a cooking demo sometime. I think at the very end, I'm going to talk about, you know, I'm going to make recipes or something like, you know, just to show certain things. I haven't figured out how to get the camera in my kitchen yet to make it good. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm trying to learn the technology part of it, but there's a lot of things that these are things that you can do very simply. These are in certain blends. And even in the book, I was reminding you everybody at the end of that book, it does have spice blends. So it gives you like, you know, country spice blends. So here's the things that you can blend and then you can make your own, like, this is a Greek spice. This is like Caribbean spice. This is kind of like some of the Indian spices and Chinese and Asian spices. So instead of like then having like 30 different things, you might have like 10 different bottles. And so if I'm making this cuisine, it's kind of the Mrs. Dash or those kind of blends of things. You know, I hate to say that, but it's like, it's kind of like a, an easy, quick go-to. Just like when I use a pumpkin spice in my coffee, it's got the cinnamon, the clove, the nutmeg, the uh, allspice and the, and the cloves in there. I don't have to have all of them. I can just get them all together organically. So then that, I can just sprinkle that in there. And I'm done. Or someone's making pumpkin pie, for example, is done. So I tell people if they make their, their food spice mix, then it's easy because then they, they go to like, I am making this, put this one, I make that one. So if it makes it less complicated, um, then it's easy for them. We teach that Maureen in our, uh, uh, in our nutrition classes and stuff. Who, who is Maureen? You referred to her, but who is she's our, She's my partner at the practice here. So, you know, she, she's the uh, Ayurvedic doctor. She's the nutritionist. She's the cook, you know. So well, she, she, she helps people go shopping. We go shopping with the patients and we teach them how to buy things, read packages. We, we do cooking classes, plant-based cooking classes here uh, at our center. So we really get people to get on hands-on because, you know, it's easy to talk about it. Then people get like deer in headlights. They go to the store and like, I don't know what to do. Or we get so fixated, like 
I don't get this organic, so I won't get it. Or there's something that, you know, because we all want to be perfect on some level. That is the drive for getting better health. But I always want to tell people it's better to get it than not get it and use it than not use it. And then everything else is just better grades of, of I'm, I'm, I'm learning how to get into the lifestyle and the practice. But we don't want to inhibit anybody from moving that direction just because we're trying to get we get fixated on certain things. Well, you you mentioned Maureen and Miss Winnie. You, you should bring them on the show sometime. I will, uh, if yeah, if you don't mind, I'll have a we have a second screen. We'll do a, a thing because she can talk about a lot of the the aspects of what um, uh, how our patients like to use them. And also, there's also sometimes what are the hangups that people get a lot of times, right? Like I can talk about things all the time, and then there's a practicality of what happens in the real world when someone goes to the store, or what are the things that we use like just as our own uh, benefits that are in our in our home. Like, what do we do for certain meals? Like, what are the, a lot of people want to know that the quick and nitty gritty, there's like little key sometimes, like that's the key element. That's the game changer of the recipe. That's the, the thing that you, you will smell or taste and go, this is fantastic. I've been making this all the time. I'm missing that complimented or pairing note of that spice. Um, and also the, for health risks, like sometimes like, hey. You, know, you remind need- me of like, you're like a sommelier of spices. Oh, I love it. Well, because we know <laughs> And I never want to be critical, by the way. Okay, so sometimes I sound like critical, but you know, when we when we moved to plant based diet in 2006, and we started going to all these conferences, you know, again, a lot of the doctors, I love them to death. I've trained with them all. They're all my colleagues. I share the stage with them, but the food is boring, <laughs> you know. And and it's just because culturally, I'm coming from a place where, hey, I'm Asian. I live in New Mexico. We have this kind of mixture of cultures, and so we're looking at Asian and you know Mexican and Tex Mex and you know regular American food. And so I have to meet patients where they're at and make food taste flavorful. And when we want to shift over to a plant-based diet, it has to be flavorful because everybody remembers artificially getting flavored from fat, sugar, salt, and you know chemicals and you know artificial stuff. So their taste buds are so used to being alive. And then sometimes when they go to steamed vegetables or some sauteed things and you know some grains, they find it really boring and bland. And and the, the challenges with a lot of plant-based doctors is that they don't use spices because they didn't grow up with spices. So our whole goal here is to help educate your audience and, and, and excite them that hey, there's a whole new world out there that will make the recipes that you're already making even better, which makes you more compliant and enjoying your food rather than, oh, I mean, this because it's my healthy and chef AJ and Dr. Pye, like, wow, I enjoy this. And, and then you share that food with others because then make your you know, community get benefits from learning about spices. Yeah. Or the only spice they use is salt. Salt. Yeah. Even pepper, right? They, the second one just gets put away. Like, <laughs> you know, it's, like, hey, it's pepper. It's king of spices. <laughs> you should That's use the king funny. of spices. You know, oh. so it is important for people. But I tell people, you know, if you want to start with a spice blend, that's kind of the simple way to get into certain things. So some people are like, I'm not sure what to do with this. I'm not sure what to do with that. Then I say like, then get a spice blend or, or like when you get the book, then look at and say, let me just make two or three spice blends because this is kind of the food. I like Greek food a lot or I like Italian food. Well, then make the blend of that and then use that a lot. Then you get used to that. Like, wow, I really like using spices and that gets people more excited. Okay, now I'm going to try a different culture, a different dish. But all those things are medicine in a bottle. And if people start using them, then they need less medicines. And that's where when we say when we talk about or when we teach herbal medicine in my practice or we use herbal medicine, that's because all these herbs and spices are made, you know, like we make bosmeric. These are just from that the plants, just that we're actually now concentrating them or extracting them or patenting them to get a certain potency. 
to get a certain physiological benefit. But if you take it daily also as foods, this is why we're looking at prevention or intervention. Just eat a little bit more during the time of your headache or menstrual cycle or your sinus infection. These are simple things that people can do every day at home that we don't have to worry about contraindication between medications or, or drug allergies. Nice. Well, uh, a lot of the live viewers are saying they love your backdrop, which I've always commented is beautiful. And one of the viewers is saying, does refrigerating spices affect the effectiveness of them? Because her country is very humid. I think the refrigeration can be helpful when there's sometimes what you want to worry about is the moisture aspect, right? Because some of the, some spices, just like all foods, right? When they, when the, when the moisture content can be there, it can help things can grow, right? Like you can get moldy or uh, decrease the, if, cause that's why glass is always important to use, you know, glass containers. And that's why the smaller, because a lot of times if people get a huge jar and they, and they all have this much uh, spice in there. The air is what actually is the oxidative process. Now, interesting thing, they have containers. Now, I wouldn't say people need to do this for spices because this is a small little glass, you know, little jar is fine. But I noticed like when they were doing other things, like when I use my, when I get my coffee beans, for example, my, I grind my own coffee. I do also with my, I'll teach you everybody my coffee recipe later. But um, you get you can get containers even for avocados. For example, they have these containers where the lid will s like press all the way down, press all the air out, so it keeps the air out. Like just like when people get sealed packages of spices or or foods, and when it's sealed, it prevents the oxidation uh, from the air from the environment. So that's one other way. So this smaller it is, and so even for example, yesterday I went grocery shopping and I bought spices and I bought some seeds and stuff, and so I, I made sure that the jars weren't too big. So some things I got for a pound. I got a bunch of nutritional yeast I put in a big jar because it comes in a big bag. I bought another thing of hemp seeds that came in a smaller bag. I put it in a smaller jar. So I'm not having that excess air that over time, even though it's sealed, actually will lower the potency. Great. Thank you. Patty, who's watching live, says she bought black cumin seeds after one of your sessions, but not sure how to use it. Hasn't opened the bag. Does it need to be ground? Yes, you can ground it. You can actually roast it. Um, go back to the, the part the part two and listen to how we talk about it. but if you want to know further about it i would buy the book nice. it's very spicy and pungent so you can use it directly as it is you have the book to show do you have like a copy of it you could hold up thank you okay. nice nice so what letter are you going to start with next month? so we're going to start with chili yay C -H. cinnamon cacao and coconut so we're on the seas. Will Chipotle be in there by any chance? I will have to go back further and see if it, Chipotle will be in there. That's one of my favorite spices is Chipotle powder. If not, I'll have to make an additional slide for that. <laughs> okay, because I really like it. This is just so much fun because it's kind of like it's it's got a culinary flair. It's but a culinary it's flair. And what I what I like about flair. it, because I'm the science guy. So all the medicine part is great, 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 great. But I really love the historical aspect because when you read about like how they were using this like a thousand years ago, you know, 2000 years ago, 500 years ago in different empires and kingdoms and trades, you know, like this was, this was the gold that people were, you know, uh, uh, selling it for and using it for that. That's that, you know, here we're talking about crypto or gold currency or, or no currency, you know, whatever the bank issue, but this is how spices and the spices, there's a spice trade. There's a reason why even the Magi brought, you know, the spices to baby Jesus. There's a whole historical aspect of all these kind of spices. And I just want to reemerge and bring that, uh, out a little bit more so that we can enjoy our food. 
Wow. I just love your passion for it. And the thing is, at the end of the day, it, it's not like we're telling people to do something that's uh, unpleasurable. The, the spices taste great. Spices taste great. And find something, you know, so uh, here's the thing is, if, if it's not a spice that you're used to, uh, the way I'm trying to do it with the, the audience here is I'm trying to find, a, like in the book, I'll just give you an example. When it talks about the health conditions, there's a lot more than I'm covering for each spice, by the way. I'm just picking the ones that I think are kind of highlighting things that people, when they come see me, might have a problem, like with asthma or menstrual cramps or, or cancer or, you know, low back pain or colon problems. And so I kind of, I'm, you know, I'm kind of also self filtering. So there's a lot of things that I'm not covering on each spice, but if patients can, you know, find or customers or clients who are looking for these things can find a condition, like say the asthma say, well, let me just eat some of these asthma spices that I mentioned before, do that for two months. And then just then take a little diary and see like, how much are you using your inhalers? How much are you doing this or that? You'll see a change. And then people are like, that's the, you know, the proof in the pudding is we want food as medicine. And again, the spices are one of the most important parts of the food being medicine. Cindy's saying, where can she buy the book? It's not available on Canada, Amazon, but it's in Kindle. So wouldn't it then be available even if you're in Canada, since it does come in Kindle? I'm not sure how Amazon works. I know it's on available on Amazon. Uh, we do have it here in our office. So if they want us to ship it to them, we could. If Even if they're in Canada? Oh, we ship products everywhere. Yeah. Okay, great. Well, thanks. I'm glad I asked that. So Cindy, get in touch with Dr. Pai's office. The information's in the show note. Well, I can't wait to uh, see you next month again. So thank you yes. so much, Dr. Pai. Pleasure. And, and thanks for everybody for listening and good eating. <laughs> thank you. And thanks all of you for watching another episode of Chef AJ Live. Please come back tomorrow. Tomorrow marks the third year that I have gone online every day. I started March 21st, 2020. So tomorrow will be the start of season four. We're doing the show a little earlier at 9 a.m. with Nick from Local Spicery and Thomas from California Balsamic. They'll be cooking up a bunch of curries using a lot of spices. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye.